All right. Well, good morning, JJ and Dylan, or afternoon out there on the uh, on the East Coast. Thank you for you guys for being here today on the Cultural High Podcast. I appreciate it. I know you guys are very busy. A lot of growth going on, not just you know for you guys personally and your company. I know you guys have been growing. Had the pleasure to be able to work with you over you know the last eight months and been a part of that. And but also right now it's it's a little bit of a stressful time, and you guys are extremely busy with everything that's going on in your home state in Florida. We have SB 1676 that's going on out there that is effectively, you know, with the language that's in that bill right now, if, if it uh, if it doesn't get changed, it's going to pretty much wipe out the hemp industry uh, there in Florida. And so I definitely am happy to have you guys on the show and, and to not only be able to, you know, talk about some information and talk about this new hemp cannabinoid space, but also talk, bring some light on the situation of what's going on in this space, specifically in Florida. In Florida, the hemp industry is worth over $13 billion annually. Uh, that's over $6 billion in wages that are paid out to well over 100,000 Floridians, you know, and that's with this bill coming down, that econ- economic impact would be huge. And I just want to give you guys the the floor a little bit to speak on that, especially you, JJ, you know, you've been, you've been in this, you have a doctorate, you're, you're well-versed in this space and can speak you know, to the safety um, and a lot of the concerns that some of these people are having on these cannabinoids, which it's not even it's not even grounded in anything. And sadly, these politicians are putting forth bills and stuff that they don't even themselves. And they even they even voice it that, well, we don't know very much about this. Well, if you don't know, then maybe talk to the people that do know and come through with a, a bill that actually pushes pushes the issues that are at hand of, you know, safe products that are third-party lab tested, making sure everybody comes to a certain standard or regulatory standard. And then, you know, with the age restrictions and the packaging, child safe packaging, we're all for that. But talk about the other parts of the bill, if you would. And I'm just going to give you the floor, guys. Thanks for being here. And JJ, go ahead. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me, Bryce. So uh, I've actually been to Tallahassee three times already. I'm going next week. I have a meeting with uh, both sponsors of the bill. I am very well versed on what's going on, and I, I couldn't agree more with you. Ninety-nine percent of what's on that bill, we agree with. I think that there is a lack of understanding from the legislators on what synthetic actually means versus artificial, mm-hmm. and there's a lack of understanding on on how useful these hemp-derived cannabinoids are for not only the economy, for Floridians, but for patients like the cancer patients that testified in the committee and the lupus patients that testified in the committee. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I've been driving home when I speak to to the uh, the bill sponsors and the the committee members on uh, sitting on the on, on the committees. I, I've spoken to the the chairmen, the vice chairmen, and you know something that that I like to use as an example is is uh, corn syrup, right? Corn syrup, uh, they can mow a field of corn and they uh, could squeeze the corn and produce very little corn syrup. But instead of what they do is they actually put that in a bioreactor and they go through the very similar process to what we do when we make Delta 8 to make mm-hmm. corn syrup at scale. You know, are people afraid of eating corn syrup? No. Aspirin, the same thing. Aspirin comes from a tree bark. It's not scalable to be able to give it to the masses if you just get the tree bark and extract that. So they they, they put it through a, a synthetic process. It's not, uh, when, I think people are, are, they're afraid of the word synthetic. It's it's, right. it's, a, it's a synthesis, you know, vitamin B12, vitamin C, aspirin, 
uh, all these things are normal, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think there's a stigma for synthetics because of like spice K two. Yeah, I was to say that that's it. That's it right there. I like to I like to to you know distinguish that though those are artificial. Those are man made, mm -hmm. right? They're not naturally occurring. You can't find them on hemp plants. You can't find them, you know, on a cocoa plant, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so that that's that's one thing that I've used to, to to you know to when I speak with the legislators, and you know, this is where it is helpful to have my backgrounds, right? I think I think for them, I can empathize with them. You know, talking to lobbyists all day, you hear the same thing, right? Very redundant. Very redundant. Very redundant. Hearing hearing from somebody that's not only a stakeholder but has the background and understanding in this, I think. I think has made an impact. So yeah, uh, you definitely bring a better perspective. You're not just coming. You're not just some guy that owns a company that's worried about his pocketbook at the end of the day, you know. And I that's that's how sometimes a lot of these come across, you know. But you you have the knowledge and and the resources to prove it, and and the education and the understanding to bring that light. So you said you agree with 99 percent of the bill. Yeah. So what's the what's the part that you don't agree with? Is it is it the is it just on the synthetics? Is it also with the just for experiment with that I don't agree with? One probably can guess of what they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of course is the, it's the language of the synthetics. How they mm -hmm. define synthetics is an issue, right? Two, it's the it's the serving size cap and the package yep. limits, right? You know, because of how they have that written, it basically eliminates vapes. Has anybody ever eaten a vape? <laughs> you can't eat a vape. You can't, can't eat, eat a available. You can't eat a, a pre-roll. I mean, I mean, some crazy people have done that, but that's not <laughs> horrible, right? Yeah. Uh, and then three, if you look at the bottom of the bill, it specifically excludes MMTCs, yep. so medical marijuana treatment centers. So mm -hmm. I hate monopolies. It's anti-Republican. Mm -hmm. okay? And it basically is saying, okay, so Robinson says there's two lanes, right? I want to clearly define the hemp lane, and the cannabis lane. Well, you're just moving this lane from from the hemp side and giving it to the cannabis businesses. So yeah. how that Republican? I mean, you're taking away, like you said, hundreds of thousands of jobs. You're taking mm -hmm. away from small businesses, you know, which is what built the American economy and it's what built, you know, Florida. Ron said, "Hey, we're open to business." You know, yeah. took that seriously, and here we are. No, that did happen. A lot of people moved their businesses, specifically in this industry, out to Florida. Whether that was their fulfillment centers, their uh, their warehouses, you know, operations. <clears throat> we. So, I mean, on our side, you know, like I said, I've had the pleasure to be able to work with you guys, uh, being the COO of the Standard, and we did kind of move all of our eggs into one basket, being into the state of Florida now, because of every business that we all the parts of our manufacturing process and everything are now done in Florida, you know, with you at Orvita and then with our edibles at another company. Well, this, if this was to go into place, you know, that takes us out and we have to look at other places. And I'm, I'm just one company that, you know, there's hundreds of companies that this affects. And like you said, the, the hundreds of thousands of jobs that it affects, they have no, the people that are writing this really don't have an understanding. You were talking about, you know, the difference between an edible and a vape and stuff that, that milligram percentage that they're, they're talking about where on a hemp extract, it can't exceed 0.5 milligrams total cannabinoids. Yeah. Like speak on that. Wouldn't that take out, if that, wouldn't that take out full spectrum CBD, which isn't psychoactive? It, it would, it would. And, and I've seen, 
so Robinson actually has an amendment. So and and he he uh, he uh, pushed that in the last committee. So it, okay. it's no longer 0.5. Now it's five milligrams, right? But, but if, that's five milligrams in a total, like like uh, like right here. I have a, I have a jar of gummies, so I can only have yeah. five milligrams total in the whole jar. Five milligrams per serving, and I think oh per serving, okay. Yeah, fifty milligrams per jar. But that still eliminates. Still, it's still half of what it normally is. It, it, it's it it, uh, it 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 doesn't make sense. I can tell you this, you know, I'm not going to make any accusations. I don't know where this came from, but it it's it is quite ironic that it's the same exact bill that was introduced in Virginia and a handful of other states mm -hmm. that have the MMTCs dominating those states. Another thing that I talked about was the, you know. Florida loses about $30 million a year regulating medical marijuana. They get $400 million a year in tax revenue from our industry. So mm -hmm. this just, it just, it makes no sense to me. You know, I, I'm all for protecting the children, the child. Yes. Packaging 21 plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we do those things, right? We yeah. Do, we, yeah, we already do that. That's what yeah. we're, you're supposed to do that. We do more testing than the, than the cannabis industry did. The cannabis industry up until a year ago, they were allowed to self-report. Right. We can't self-report. You know, we, we, I think the big issue, man, is, is this industry hasn't been organized, right? right? Cannabis has been organized. There's big players that are spending a lot of money lobbying and getting done what they need to get done. We do have bad players in this industry. You know, you are one of the great players. You say, if you have HHCP in there, you say you have five milligrams on your back, uh, 5% on your package, you have 5% on your package, you know? We, we have a lot of players saying liquid diamonds. Mm. That's not possible. It's not possible. Okay? It's not. <laughs> okay. We have this THCJD, THCX. I mean, yeah. like I, I, I've, I've had to step into a role where I, I have to be vocal about this and I'm working with the associations and, you know, we're trying to form an association kind of like UL certificate, right? You see every light bulb has a UL certificate. Yes. We're working on forming an association called the American Delta Association. Okay. okay. We're going to put those stamps on packages to okay. this shows to be able to determine who a good player is and who a bad player is. I like that. Kind of like in a cannabis, like the clean green or the, uh, the clean greens or, and stuff for uh, organic grows or even ACS is doing their ACS certified lab, you know, testing results and stuff. I like that a lot. Correct. That's right. It, we need that. We need that. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we 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 desperately need that, and, and it's funny. I'm I'm in this group chat with these guys, and you know, we're all talking about. It. Everyone's like, "Yeah, so when are we going to stop these fake these fake cannabinoids?" And everyone's like, "Well, we've all done it." I'm like, "Yeah, everyone's done it, but we have to stop." You know, like I think this bill, you know, 1475 and the Senate bill, they they have definitely opened everyone's eyes because Florida's the number one market for these hemp derived cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. It's crazy out there. What's you said? Fake cannabinoids. What are some of those fake cannabinoids? THCX, <laughs> Delta Eleven. No one has that. I mean, it's it's a byproduct of Delta Eight, but like, don't say that you have it. You know, Eleven Hydroxy. You can't do that yet. You know, unless it's it's like you found out a way to basically remove all the catalysts, which is very very difficult to do. So there's these things that people are claiming that they have that they don't have. You know, yes, that, yeah, that gets under my skin. It's like, okay, liquid diamonds. Let me check the COA. It's all Delta eight. Uh, oh, it drives me insane, man. And especially as uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does being, a, especially being a brand that's trying to, 
same thing as, you know, you guys is in house brand mellow fellow being true to what you say you are, you know, yeah. and when you put these high quality, when you put these other rare cannabinoids that are real cannabinoids, like you're saying, HHCP or THCP or, uh, when you're, when you're putting these in, when we actually say 5%, that's what it is, you know, and, and it costs more to do those as well. And then, you know, you're looking at somebody that's like, I have eight cannabinoids in my product and everything. And you're like, how the heck did you afford that? to sell it, you know, and that's an even different conversation when that's, that's just a, it's a race to the bottom with watered down ingredients with some of these guys. And it's frustrating, but that, that whole thing, if you said, actually what they put in their product, we need to hold them accountable for that. I was part of my other job with our retail stores that we have. I was looking at some new products that a uh, distro was trying to sell us. Um, and part of it was new Delta eight products. I won't say the brand or anything, but this brand was advertising this new blend of like, you know, a ton of different, like eight cannabinoids or whatever. And I pulled up their COA and, and they had also this THC JD, they had THCX and everything. When I started looking at it, I'm like, okay, you say you have eight cannabinoids. First of all, on the COA, there's only seven that are showing. Okay. So there's a lie out of these seven that are showing only four of them are actually what's on your label. And then the rest of them aren't even on your label. And it's, it's, it's just nothing. And it was just, when looking at it, it was like, wow, this is just a crap product. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's just Delta eight. You know, but they're, it's all these, you know, oh man. the consumers need, the consumers deserve something better at the end of the day. And that's, that, that's how I feel as a, as a business person is that the consumers deserve something better, but also a safe product. And like, you should know what you're ingesting at the end of the day. Right. And you should know the the benefits of it or the risks of it. And you should actually maybe know the effects of it. And you said all these new fake cannabinoids, like what does THCX do to me? What does THCJD do to me? You know? And. And also with all these new things coming out, that does, that's in my mind, like I love, I love being a part of the frontier. I love the pushing it, but at the same time, what's the risks associated with all these new things? You know, there's not a, you know, there's studies that have been done on cannabis and regular Delta 9 THC and stuff. And as Actually, long as yeah. we safety study. So, so when did a safety study, and that's one of the things that I, that I, um, that I pitched to this legislators. You know, one of their concerns was, oh, well, people are doing these reactions and what are the chemicals left in there? We're concerned about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, it's a commodity at this point, Bryce. You you, you know that. I mean, we're in the industry, right? Yep. There aren't that many labs left doing this. So right now it's basically being consolidated into a handful of all working together to fulfill the needs for all the brands, mm -hmm. right? the margins that most labs work at are under 10%. No one is going to be making this in a garage, in a bucket, leaving chemicals mm -hmm. in there, making 10% margins. Like, you know, if you want to talk about two years ago, yeah, I can see that because Delta was going for $3,000. You know, people mix hydrochloric acid and CBD in a bucket and distill that. They literally can do that and that can get someone sick. You know, where we are now, it's not there anymore. You know, people, the, the, the labs have gotten sophisticated. I mean, we've all put in millions of dollars into our facilities. And, and I think that's why there needs to be an organization that vets these labs, puts a stamp of approval on their, on their oil. And, and we just all need to share SOPs. We all need to share our knowledge. We all need to be, to hold each other accountable. That's one thing that the legislators mentioned to me that they wanted, that we hadn't done. And I agree with them. You know, we hadn't done that. You know, one thing, one thing about the industry too, is that there are a lot of people that are just doing this for a cash grab, right? Yep. And, and there's so many benefits. I mean, we have discovered, not discovered, but we've scaled up 
new uh, cannabinoids that were discovered 100 years ago, you know, and these studies that come up are showing the benefits of of having all of these blends together. The blends do work better. They do, 100%. Mm-hmm. There's a study that showed that CBD, people think CBD and Delta 9, that CBD dulls the effect of Delta 9, but it doesn't. It actually enhances it. And there's a study that just came out about that, you know. A lot of the blends that I formulated for Mellow Fellow all come from studies. I look at the PK, the PK values, which is the binding affinity of, of you know, how how well it binds to your, to your, you know, receptors in your body, right? That's how I do my formulations. That's how we do formulations at our Vita Labs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we take it from a science perspective. So we did a safety study for HHC. I did it, I did it with another, with another lab in Colorado. We used a, a multi billion dollar pharmaceutical company to conduct the study so we can have some validity to that it's an fda approved lab they produce pharmaceuticals and what we found was that it is it is we we did a heart study we did a lung cell study and we did a liver study in the liver study it was less toxic than your over-the-counter allergy medication okay and uh and we use that as a control because we know that, that we know that the allergy med Allegra is over the counter. We know that it it can be toxic to your liver. You know, if, right. if you take large quantities of it, have derived cannabinoids were not okay. <laughs> uh, in in the lung cell, we also saw that it was less toxic than uh, uh, this antipsychotic uh, med. So, what are you going to tell me about that? On the cardiac study, what you look at is is like can this cause to not get too technical, can this cause basically uh, tachycardia? So like, you know, a, an irregular fast heartbeat. That's what yeah. you look when you do these pharmaceutical studies. And we came to the conclusion that it, it does not. It is, it is you know, it, it's it's way safer than 99% of the products that are out on the market right now. So, you know, that was something else that I used with the legislator. So how are you going to tell me that that, you know, this isn't safe. When I'm telling you here, here's my background. This is what I'm doing. And, um, you know, one of the things that the legislator said was that they were following what the FDA studies were saying. And I said, what FDA studies? Exactly. What FDA studies? Like, is there aren't any, there's none being done on the, on this pro on these products at all. There aren't any. The only thing that the FDA had was they posted something about, you know, the warnings about the chemicals that can be left over and, you know, the, the, the same talking points that everyone's using and, and listen, you know, I, I I believe that we should have agencies like the FDA or the European Medical uh, Association. Like we need that. Uh, and they're going to post warnings to the public on things that they don't know. And it's because of prohibition, because this has been illegal for so long that we don't have these studies. But I can tell you from the studies that have come out and the studies that are being done, it's way safer than 99% of what's out, what's being consumed right now. That says a lot, man. That says a lot. And, you know, I mean, that, and that, that's also with a lot of things that are FDA approved. Correct. As well. Correct. As well. I mean, do you think that that's... What do you say? No, go ahead, Don. Go ahead. Well, I, I drew a study that, that all the dyes that are, that are in our foods that are FDA approved are actually... Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, red dye 5, mm-hmm. like yellow dye 40, like all, all these, all these uh, chemicals that, that, that would be our population, you know, it's, it's terrible for us too. Yeah, so, but those are accepted. But those are accepted exactly. So how can you, you know, say that 
you know, these cannabinoids are dangerous when you're already feeding the American population stuff that's that's actually proven to be detrimental mm-hmm. to your health. This, I mean, is I think that, this is where, Bryce, this is where getting involved in politics these last couple of weeks have really opened my eyes to, you know, sure. what really runs America and what really runs our government. And, and yeah. you know, I'll say it, we all know it, it's, 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 uh, it's corporations, man, it's money. Yep. Yep, it's, yep. it's it's we live in a capitalistic society it's all driven by money and the people that manufacture these chemicals have great lobbyists and they have great lobbying efforts in europe these chemicals the red dyes what you're talking they're about banned. they're banned yeah. they're not accepted yeah. and they still make lucky charms and they still make fucking cocoa puffs and those things that that have those dyes but they do it with natural products and they're still it's <laughs> good and, and are significantly better for you which is I have a conspiracy that they do that to uh, boost uh, um, healthcare uh, revenue because it causes it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Now we're gonna get into the conspiracies. That's oh, that's even. I uh, I believe it. If you look at the food, the way the food has changed just over the last hundred years, and then look at the health problems that have you know risen up with that, it's a direct correlation, a hundred percent, a hundred percent with you know obesity and heart attacks, diabetes, everything, and then just look at what we eat. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. So I want to know more. I say I want to know more. I want the people to know more. You know, this this industry. So 2018, Hemp Farm Bill came out. All of these new products started launching. You know, that was when we first saw Delta 8 on the market right at shortly after. And then you started seeing the different HHC and Delta 10, THCV, stuff that has been around for a while, just not used. You know, the stuff, like you said, was discovered over a hundred years ago and sometimes on some of these cannabinoids, but just because of the, because of the stigmatism against cannabis and, um, it just hasn't been, hasn't been studied. You know, psychedelics have honestly been studied more than cannabis has ever been studied in the benefits of cannabis. So now you guys are producing and in, in, in my opinion the best lab in the nation i refuse to work with anybody else so that's that's just my personal opinion but you guys have done amazing things with these cannabinoids isolating them making sure that they are completely clean um and then also you know you came up with the process to make completely compliant oil and for those people that don't understand what that means like completely free of delta 9 thc so you can make delta 8 completely compliant hhc phc cbd and that's really good to be able to get it into different markets but I'd like to know on layman's terms, I'm pretty sure you can give us the complete technical terms, JJ, but not everybody always understands those. And so on a couple of these cannabinoids, like how did, how do you, you grow a, you grow a field of hemp, right? Yeah. And then where does it go from there? So how do you get to, how do you get to Delta 8 and THCP and MEO-THC? So after you grow the hemp, you, you go through an extraction process, right? You grow the hemp, you dry it, you extract it. You can use multiple different kinds of solvents, right? Mm-hmm. Some people use CO2, some people use ethanol, some people use hexane. Uh, there's all these different kinds of ways to extract it. This is normal. This is done in a million other industries. This is normal in agriculture. From there, you get what's called crude, right? The crude is basically the extract of the hemp plant. That crude has a bunch of cannabinoids in there. You know, this is where delta is naturally found. This is where you know, HHC is naturally brown because hemp, the way that biomass is extracted, it's actually like grinded up. So the stems, the leaves, the flower, the seeds, all those everything, things. full plant, everything, everything. So 
HHC is found naturally in seeds. Delta is found naturally in, in the in the hemp flower. You know, C- CBDM, which is where MEOTHC comes from, is found also naturally in the flower. But it's it's in it's in very low concentrations, right? Right. We bred the CBD and bred THC to only produce CBD for the most part, or only produce Delta nine for the most part. And I think that's that's why there's there's such little amounts in there of like the Delta eight and Delta ten all those things. So going back because of the breeding, correct? Because of the breeding. Okay. So going back to the crude, there's you know a bunch of different cannabinoids in there. From there, you distill the crude into distillate CBD distillate. From the CBD distillate, you isolate the CBD out, right? So you'll you'll mix that with the solvent, and then that's where you form the the CBD the white CBD crystalline powder. Once you have that, then you can take that and and put that in a reactor, and uh, based on the solvents and the catalyst that you use. You can create delta nine, delta ten, delta eight, delta six. You know, and then from there you can further go into HHC. You know, THCm, TH four CBD, H four CBD, four CBD, which is PHC, which is uh, PHC. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, there's over a hundred. There's over 120 cannabinoids in the hemp plant, so you can uh, you can get really deep with it. Yeah, you can really get deep, deep with it. But and then as far as like just the, the like making compliant like. What's difficult about that is, is you know, Delta 9 and Delta 8, when you're looking at it from a testing standpoint, they're so similar that it's hard mm-hmm. to separate them, right? Some labs are going to say that that it's Delta 9. Some labs are going to yeah. say it's, you know, plus, minus, or cis and trans Delta 8. You know, those beats that. It's up in the air, you know, like it's, it's, I, I think, I think, when it comes to testing, you know, an analytical chemist makes assumptions, right? No one is perfect. You know, labs aren't perfect. We're using instruments that need to be constantly replaced and constantly surfaced. So I, I would say that there are certain processes that we can do that cause degradation. Um, and that would that would basically eliminate if there is any Delta 9 or if there is, whether it's Delta 9 or trans or cis Delta 8 or, you know, ISO THC or exo THC, whatever is in there, you can degrade that and make a compliant COA um, pretty much at any lab. Okay. Okay. You know, we're. I'm going to go back to something you had said before of how a lot of people don't realize that CBD actually, you know, amplifies uh, delta nine effects, and and of how the cannabinoids actually work better when they're not just isolated by themselves, and we actually put them in a purpose driven blend. Something that I brought up when I was listening to the the live stream that was going on in the first hearing uh, over this bill was was a, a company that was talking, and I, I don't remember what the company was called, but they were speaking of their chain of stores. They said they had over 1,200 people on their loyalty program, and out of those 1,200, 400 of them used to be medical marijuana patients in the state of Florida, yeah. but that they had given up their medical marijuana card for one reason was access. They didn't have good enough access to to the care that they needed as far as like the medicine that they needed. Uh, two, just the products that were available, they didn't, they just didn't like the products that were available to them to consume for their needs. And then three, they just didn't get the benefits from it that they were looking for, for a medical product. But now they switched over to Delta eight hemp products and full spectrum CBD products. And they're actually seeing more medical benefit than just going strictly to your, you know, your MMJ clinic. And I look at that and you, you brought up something interesting about breeding of how now our plants are either bred one of two ways. It's either they're going to produce a lot of Delta 9 THC or they're going to produce a lot of CBD. We've lost that harmonious effect 
that cannabis gives you of everything because you need everything working together to give you that benefit and that re- that relief that you're seeking. With that being all said, it almost makes me and I want to. What's your opinion? I almost feel that depending on the company and what they're what they're doing and what their blends are, you know, product, companies like Mellifello, companies like the Standard, that not only we're putting just THC into our products, but we're putting these other minor cannabinoids that have actual benefits for the human body. I would almost sometimes argue that some of these hemp products might be more of a medical benefit, not can't make claims, but of a medical benefit to someone that's seeking relief. If they're not just seeking to get high, you know, uh, it might give them some more relief. What's your thoughts on that? I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, and that's, that's why we, uh, you know, we formulate these buns, why JJ formulates these buns is because we're, we're trying to have a more synergistic effect, you know? Nobody wants to smoke just one cannabinoid, really. Like, I, I really enjoy, I mean, more than, let's say I had a rosin pen. I, I prefer to, to smoke the Malapella buns because I feel more more of a synergistic effect with it. I just don't, I don't, I don't get as high necessarily, but I feel the, the benefits of, you know, either ingesting it in an edible form or smoking it. You know, when you, when you have multiple cannabinoids, see, these cannabinoids do make a difference in the body. Like, you know, CBG, CBN, like CBN is a, is a great cannabinoid for sleep. It is. CBV is a great appetite suppressant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- these cannabinoids have actual like study medical benefits. And, and when you put them all together in a blend, I mean, the, the, the effects, you could truly notice the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Just- I, I, I was talking to one of the representatives about this specific thing, actually, and when you go to an MMTC or an MMJ dispensary, for the most part, all you find are just concentrated Delta 9 products, yep. right? Yep, that's it. It doesn't work for everybody. No. Mm-mm. For some people, for a lot of people, I can tell you my first experience with Delta 9, my heart was racing. I had crazy anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I didn't get that when I tried Delta 8 for the first time. I just knocked out like a baby, you know? Yeah. The stories that we hear from the customer feedback is probably our favorite thing about having a brand. Yes. We letters, we've gotten handwritten letters from customers saying how this has helped them with pain, with their anxiety, with their lupus, you know, with their nausea, going through chemo. You don't have the same high, you know, um, and people people want that. People, there's a space for Delta 8. And this is why when, when people are like, JJ, are you worried about what's going on in all these states? And I'm like, honestly, the industry is so large and the demand is 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 there. What we have that's very different from the big cannabis corporations, we have grassroots support, okay? There are hundreds of thousands of people that are flooding the, the phone lines. And they're not just like our companies. They're like people that actually consume these products, you know, saying, hey, senators, hey, representatives, vote no, you know, yeah. consider, you know, changing this, do this. And and I can tell you that, you know, in Tennessee, we have a great bill. Kentucky, we have a great bill. You know, um, Alabama, we have a great bill. And these these bills are codifying our industry into law, you know. And and um, the more the more states that get on board with that, the bigger this industry is going to get. And the more we can we can offer these products to to, to these people, you know. And and the more studies that are going to come out, I'm excited. I mean. We've developed some new cannabinoids. I think these are a little bit different because I would consider these really synthetic. They're not naturally occurring, but the these would help and target specific ailments for treatment. 
you know, it's like like Marinol, right? Marinol is synthetic Delta Nine, and it has it's a little bit different, right? And right. and and cancer patients use it for ke- uh, for uh, chemo induced nausea, right? Uh, so we have we we've developed some things that can really really help with uh, with inflammation, you know, arthritic pain. One of my buddies' labs developed cannabinoid that, which is crazy to me. They they had a seventy percent reduction in tumor size for pancreatic uh, for pancreatic tumors for pancreatic no, cancer. Really, a matter of four weeks. That's insane. What pharmaceutical does that? This is this is uh, it's actually the no. of HHC. Oh yeah, what pharmaceutical? That's, well, that's what I'm saying. What pharmaceutical does yeah. that? Nothing. <laughs> You know, that's always been my thing of why they don't want cannabis on a, on a mainstream. It's just big pharma. Like if, if cannabis as a plant the, with what you guys are doing, synthesizing, isolating all the different parts of it, it replaces so much, so much. So much. Yeah. I mean, pain, the pain industry, man, it's a, it's a trillion dollar industry. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at, uh, you look at the whole opioid epidemic and when oh, yeah. he's making money hands over fists. I used, you know? Yeah, I used to be a part of. I was. I mean, I was uh, when I got out of the military. I was a part of that. You know, they got my standard script. They said, "Here you go, have a nice day." And yeah, no cannabis. Cannabis completely took that away for me. You know, cannabis, and then you know, I've experimented with psychedelics and had a had a healing path with psychedelics to remnant some of my mental issues that I had going on to help me into my new chapter of life. But cannabis has been my day. It's been my daily medicine. I've I've been and I'm a supporter of it, uh, an advocate for it. And it's been my daily medicine for going on 12 years now, ever since I got out of the military. Um, uh, when I was <clears throat> when I was deployed, I got what's called Gulf War Syndrome. It's just IBS. Yeah, there's over there's over 20,000 recorded veterans that have gotten it from going over uh, overseas to the Middle East. And it's just it's just really bad IBS, and you're just stuck with the rest of your life. But cannabis has fixed that. I take a little bit in the morning. I'm not smoking to get high or anything. It's just for relief, and I. Like you can, I can literally feel my insides, my intestines calm down, not be so inflamed, you know? And, and then speaking to these, as I, as I went through CBD or CBN was my first, I would say alternate cannabinoid that I fell in love with outside of, you know, Delta nine. And that was back in 2017 when I first came across CBN was uh, working with a guy that had a background in pharmaceuticals and he was doing extracts and stuff. And he's just, he's a genius on his own, right? And he was isolating CBN and making CBN carts. And I slept so good for the first time in like eight years. I'd slept so good. And it was just like, wow, where has this been at? Like, this is, this is crazy. I'd been, by the way, I'd been prescribed every sleeping medication you could think of. And it didn't do anything for me, except sometimes make my night terrors and stuff worse. And then hangovers the next day and CB, CBN just cured all that, you know? And as we've been able to now getting into this industry and actually being able to formulate blends, having the having the opportunity to work with people like yourself and JJ and actually create purpose-driven blends for people and and describe, you know, telling you, okay, I want this to do this for someone. If they intake this, I want them to have this kind of relief. And we're able to accomplish that. And then hear the results from people. It's it's beautiful, man. And that we're, we're providing something and this industry has given access where it was no, was it accessible? You know, uh, there's still, there's still a lot of our country that does not have accessible to legal marijuana. And they have to get it through other ways and they don't, that's not the best way to get it because you're not having the access to the medicine that you need. But now we're giving people the choice of different products, you know, drinks, tinctures, edibles, vapes, smokables, salves, whatever they need. And they can get it in any state that they live in. That are frequently lab tested. 
because the moment yeah. the, the moment you get rid of the space, let's say you're a legislator, you get rid of the space. When is banning anything ever ever led to it being eliminated? There, there's always going to be always going to be a necessity for it. So regardless if, if these lawmakers ban it or not, if they do ban it, it's just going to create this unregulated, dangerous space who want to get these products. Oh, we, no, we I saw what happened with that. I want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to talk about that because that, that's another point that I've used when I when I spoke to the legislators. If you look at what happened in New York, okay? Mm-hmm. Perfect. New York's a perfect example. People were selling Delta A. We were, New York was one of our biggest states. We were selling a ton of Delta A. We were selling a ton of HHC, and then they banned it, right? And what happened? Every bodega, every store started selling unregulated, illegal Delta 9. You know, untested products. It's oh, just under under the counter. Under the counter, you know, and then for every store that 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 the that the that the cops raided, three stores right next to it opened. So like it just went out of control and everyone said, Fuck this and we're gonna do what we want anyways. The part it's not gonna go away. It's not gonna go away. Go away. Never it's will. not gonna go away. It's Never. too big. So either they get smart and they make money and they and they tax it, or they just it just goes into the underground market. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been, there's there's that whole other entity of you know the war on drugs that wants to keep their paychecks coming in, you know, and so that's why they're lobbying against us. But I mean, it's it's just so it's so ridiculous and so stupid, and that's exactly that's exactly the risk. I mean, think back, what was it, 2015, 2000 was it 2015 and 16 when when we had the this there was like it was making national news over in California, Oregon, Washington with the the acetate you know acetated carts people's lungs like almost exploding and stuff and just getting deathly sick and people even dying from it it was from these black market if you will carts um unregulated products you know and that's the same thing that's going to happen again yeah yeah man i mean if 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 you look at the whole e-valley thing right with that that's that's what it's called it's like the electronic something 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 i, I don't know i don't remember what it stands for but it's called the e-valley right electronic vape something lung injuries yes electronic vape i don't know anyways those cases have gone down significantly since delta a came to the market and i'll tell you why people were cutting delta 9 which is expensive with vitamin e acetate right yep. so the minute that delta 8 came out it became so cheap that they're like you know what we're just going to mix it with delta 8 and you saw everything going down so it, it, it's why 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 open that door like the you can't put the genie back in the bottle you know and there's been so much of an industry built around this. I mean, not just in Florida, but nationwide. It makes so much money. There's so many companies that are multi-million dollar companies now doing millions of dollars of revenue a month and all around this space, you know. It just it'd be stupid to compare. And, and we're, that. we're to see it fun into international markets too. Like let like, R yes that we've had Bryce, like <laughs> just, just don't speak too much out of bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that there's there is uh there's a lot of potential internationally. I mean, you know, there's is opening up, you yep. know, you have Europe, uh Southeast Asia, the Southeast Asia you have markets that, that have been, you know, haven't had access to cannabis in, in, in years because the government's banned it and now they see this these alternative cannabinoids come up and and, and people want it, man. And they're, they're, there's yeah. definitely demand there's definitely demand for it. And they want it everywhere, everywhere. So I've, I mean, in over in, in the last year, I've had the, the pleasure to be all across the States. Uh, I've traveled across Europe. Um, and in those meetings, I've met people from pretty much every continent. Uh, I have now 
You know, I have right now sitting here, business cards and people I've talked to this week, this week, I've talked to somebody in New Zealand, someone in Australia, someone in Guam, someone in Puerto Rico, uh, five different countries in Europe, South Africa, and the Middle East. Now, are all of those places available for these products yet? No. But the cool thing is that there's a lot of people pushing for this. There's, like I said, the Middle East, I won't say the countries, but like I was talking with the guy, I was like, man, are you sure you want to talk about this stuff? Like you might lose your head, bro. <laughs> like it's, this is, this isn't a joke, but, but that's, but people are pushing for it worldwide. People want cannabis. That's, what? that's it. Worldwide people want access to cannabis. And, and I, it's amazing to be part of that push and on that frontier and to be part of it with you guys. It's, it's amazing. And you know, we're, we're here for the support. We were, we were right there with you guys calling in. Uh, we had our entire sales staff, our entire company was calling into the legislators and senators and, just, you know, letting, letting our voice be heard, not even from a business standpoint. We had several people that were calling in, just voicing what I, that's, that's what I did. Just told them the benefits that it's had for me and, and the effect and of how it's changed my life and changed my family's life. And it's, it's not something that should go away. So thank you guys for, for speaking on that today and, and letting your voice be heard. And we're going to do our best to get this live here soon. So that way maybe it can have a, a little bit of an impact for, for people that hear it and um, thank you for pushing what you do here in the, in the hemp space and always being on the, the frontier of it and all, having that dedication to quality as well. That's, I know that from working with you guys, I, I'll, I'll even go ahead and say it. There's people that you've refused to work with because of your dedication to quality. And that speaks volumes. And, you know, when you're, when you're willing to deny business, that might bring you a lot of money just because of your, your character and your values and your morals. That's the type of people that, you know, that we need leading this space and being our voices. So thank you for doing that. Of course. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm interested to see where this is all going to go. I'll know I'll keep contact with you guys and you guys are sure going to be going back up to Tallahassee here soon. And so we'll keep supporting and keep listening and keep our fingers crossed and see where this goes. Do we have any, uh, timeline on this? Yes. So Wednesday is going to be the next committee hearing. It's the second committee house. You know, we're feeling pretty positive about it. We do know that it will pass in the Senate. The Senate, there's 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 no chance that it won't pass in the Senate. And and I do know that the sponsors are going to be working together to uh, make an amendment that is that is something that the industry can stand behind. That's that's okay. what I. Know. Okay. Well, we'll we'll keep watching for that then, and and wait to see what I mean. After this, though, we're all sitting here waiting as well. I mean, the the new hemp, the federal hemp farm bill is even changing this year, you know, and we'll, we won't even know the language on that until the summer and when it's supposed to get passed in September. So it I've is heard, a big year. I've heard good. Things I have too. Yep. It, 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 it all been positive. You know, uh, I, I think, I think uh, this, like I said earlier, this is a wake up call for the industry. We need support from people like us, from people like you, from people that, that, that aren't doing this just for a, a cat, a quick cash grab like we have our whole families working with us we're supporting yeah. friends we're you know putting out quality product uh to people that that need this to to continue the lobbying efforts georgia got adjourned you know but but that doesn't mean that it's over that means that we need to get a bill sponsor and we need to pass a bill similar to tennessee similar to alabama similar to kentucky hopefully similar to florida you know where we can go and say and use this as precedent to say hey this is what we battled with we understand we're neighbors we understand how you guys feel but you know if we can do it you know you can do it too and and here's why here's the reasoning here's the rationale here are the studies 
So that's that's the plan, man. You know, just just uh, keep pushing through and, and keep advocating for our industry. And we need people like this, and we need podcasts like this to talk about it, and you know, hopefully educate the public and educate the players. And you know, we've got to do a better job at calling out the bad ones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I know it doesn't make it. Uh, I, you know, that's that's the thing in this space is too many people just want to stabbing each other in the back. Like I mentioned, it's that race to the bottom of watered down products and you know nobody's working there's not enough people actually working together to make this progressive and make it beneficial this is a huge market tons of mo- for money's sake there's money to be made for everybody everywhere you know but um if we can all just work together a little bit more and and yeah and call out the bad ones the people that are putting a bad stamp on this industry and and honestly get them gone you know either get them gone or make them you know change their ways and make them come up to standard and definitely definitely for that yeah, Thank you guys. Brand can ruin it for for us all. I mean, it's it's oh, it can. One brand really can ruin it. So we definitely gotta uh, hold each other accountable more more often. Yeah. I mean, one bad lawsuit. If there was a, if there was some, I mean, how bad would it be and detrimental for you guys if all of a sudden somebody came with a a lawsuit against you know a, a brand or something there in Florida while this is all going on and that would be that would be terrible, especially if they were claiming some detrimental health effects and stuff. And that is possible with these unregulated products and with these companies not adhering to a standard. So we definitely need that. I know you guys are busy here. I will, I will say this. Luckily, like like you said, when you look at the COAs with all this fake crap in it, it's just mainly Delta 8. You know? sure. <laughs> it is, yes, yeah. Delta 8. Yep. I, I, think, I think more than anything, we just need honest marketing. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to put a bunch of fake cannabinoids. Use your Use your brand, use your reputation, use your integrity, your quality, you know, and your packaging and everything, just like any, just like any other industry, yep. you know, yep. spend marketing dollars, go do mm-hmm. podcasts, do pop-ups, uh, mm-hmm. stores, build a sales team, you know, do be a, be a normal business. <laughs> yeah. Do, do put it, put in the work to, to get the success, you know, not just uh throw vegetable soup on your label and say, I'm better than everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man. Well, you guys. Good talking to you guys today. Uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. I mean, I, I'm always bugging Dylan every every week. <laughs> so I'm sure he's tired of me by I, now, I, but I enjoy, keep bugging him. I thoroughly enjoy our conversation. <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you guys again. Have a great day, and we'll we'll talk soon. All right. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.